I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. All eyes were on a United Nations backcourt in The Hague today. That's where Judge Richard Lussick issued the verdict in the war crimes trial of former Liberian President Charles Taylor. It took more than three minutes to read. Here's just a quick sampling. The trial chamber unanimously finds you guilty of aiding and abetting the commission of the following crimes. Count one, acts of terrorism. Count two, murder, a crime against humanity. Count three, violence to life, health, and physical. Count four, rape, a crime against. Count five, sexual slavery. Taylor is the first former head of state convicted in a war crimes trial since the end of World War II. The former president of Liberia was found guilty of aiding, abetting, and planning crimes committed during the Civil War in neighboring Sierra Leone. But while the judges found Taylor criminally responsible for those war crimes, they didn't find him guilty of ordering them. Chief Prosecutor Brenda Hollis said the rejection of some of the charges against Taylor proves that international courts do uphold fair standards. Accused persons who come to these international courts will receive a fair trial and that the prosecution will be held very, very strongly to its burden to prove every element of its case beyond a reasonable doubt. And where the judges feel we have not proven our elements beyond a reasonable doubt, they will not make findings of guilt. Taylor's lead defense lawyer, Courtney Griffiths, had a different reaction, claiming the trial's outcome was preordained. We recognized it from a long time ago, supported by objective evidence. For example, the WikiLeaks cable from the U.S. ambassador in Monrovia to the State Department saying if Taylor was acquitted or didn't get a long sentence, he should be tried in the state so that they can keep him out of West Africa for a long time. Exactly how long Charles Taylor will be away from West Africa isn't known yet. His sentencing is scheduled for next month. Taylor has a long, complicated history in his home country and the surrounding region. The world's Jason Margolis has this profile. Charles Taylor was born in Liberia in 1948. In the 1970s, he earned a degree in economics from Bentley College, just outside of Boston. After that, Taylor returned to Liberia and received a government appointment after a military coup in 1980. A few years later, Taylor fled to the United States after he was accused of embezzling close to $1 million. He was arrested and imprisoned in Massachusetts. In 1985, Taylor tied bedsheets together and escaped from the second floor of a prison cell. Taylor claims that the CIA aided his escape. Taylor made his way to Libya, where he allegedly spent time training under Muammar Gaddafi. In 1989, Taylor led a rebel militia into Liberia to overthrow the government. A chaotic on-again, off-again civil war followed. It lasted 13 years. During the fighting, Taylor regularly called into the BBC. We will be sending a delegation on tomorrow. Do you have any hopes that uh, peace might be negotiated there? We are not there to negotiate anything. Uh, We were invited by Ecowas and we are there to listen If they call for a ceasefire, will you abide by that? No, there will be no ceasefire, Robin. No ceasefire. Taylor was elected president of Liberia in 1997. To many there, he was a hero, especially in the eyes of some of the child soldiers who fought for him. Mali Gugu Zawu took up arms under Taylor when he was 15. I met Zawu two years ago in Liberia. My thought of him at that time was that he was such a wonderful and powerful man. Yeah, a man who was fearless. 
Taylor was known for handing out bags of money and keeping the price of rice cheap. But he also displayed cruelty and greed. He controlled Liberia's diamond-rich regions, rubber plantations, and iron ore deposits. Taylor supplied guns to rebels in neighboring Sierra Leone in exchange for so-called blood diamonds mined by slave labor. Many of the soldiers loyal to Taylor terrorized people in Liberia and Sierra Leone, explains Jennifer Cook, director of the Africa program with the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. Rape, killings, and so forth, just the worst forms of brutality that warlords and the young men who, who fought for them could think up. Rebels in Sierra Leone came up with new vocabulary for their atrocities. Applying a smile meant cutting off the upper and lower lips of a victim. They regularly hacked off arms of their victims. Brainwashed child soldiers were forced to kill parents and relatives. Cook says in the pantheon of bad guys, Taylor stands out. I'd say he's up there with some of the worst, not only because of kind of the brutality that he kind of wreaked on Liberians, but also because he was key in kind of fomenting a whole system of conflict within West Africa that was particularly brutal. Six years after becoming president of Liberia, Taylor was indicted for war crimes. Here's Taylor speaking shortly after the indictment in 2003. He called the charges vindictive and racist. I mean, some little American prosecutor wants to disgrace an African president. This whole thing of using some little fella to run around to disgrace African leaders and make a mess of us because we are supposed to be monkeys in the trees, I think is something that African leaders have to look at very seriously. It is not just about Charles Taylor. This is not about Charles Taylor. A few months later, under pressure from the Bush administration, Taylor left office and was provided safe haven in Nigeria. Three years later, Nigeria told him he had to go. Taylor fled and was soon captured trying to cross into Cameroon. When Taylor left Liberia in 2003, The Economist magazine named the country the worst place in the world. Today, eight years later, the country is the second poorest on the planet. For The World, I'm Jason Margolis.